0: Magic in the team meeting is bringing out the bigger issues about a campaign. You know, so what are the things that we need to solve as a team that might be getting in our way? And so that's our time to really strategize. You know, maybe there's a certain buyer persona we're going after that we're just either not finding the right messaging or they might be the wrong person, right? So we'll listen to some calls, we'll really tackle bigger issues, macro issues in that team meeting so that we make sure that every week, you know, as a team we're looking strategically at the count and figure out things that we can do better.
1: Hi friends, welcome to the Sales Enablement Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Paul, and that was David Krieger. He's the founder and CEO of Salesroads. And David's joining me today on Sales Enablement, Episode 792, to talk about how to work remotely. His sales outsourcing company has always been a remote-first workplace since it was founded in 2006, and he's now grown to over 70 sellers on staff. And David and I are going to dig into his four essential building blocks for how to effectively work remotely and how to manage remotely as well. These include building a culture of trust and accountability, why employees go the extra mile when they're personally accountable for performance, how to communicate, communicate, communicate. We'll dig into the critical meeting rhythms that David implements with his teams and the best practices they use around how to actually communicate with people remotely. We'll talk about how to boost morale and combat loneliness because that's certainly one of the potential impacts of working remotely. And we'll talk about how to create a professional at-home office environment. So we'll dig into all that and much, much more But before we get to David, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast, wherever you listen to it. And if you subscribe, we'd certainly appreciate it if you could also give us your feedback about how we're doing in the form of a review. So thank you very much for that. And if you haven't already connected with me on LinkedIn, please do. That's linkedin.com slash in slash real Andy Paul. That's right, real Andy Paul. All right, let's jump into it. David, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Andy. It's a pleasure to have you. So, um, where are you joining us from today?
0: So, from sunny, warm, getting to be sweltery hot South Florida.
1: Ah, okay. Yeah, it's about that time of year.
0: It's getting there. Usually, we, we, we leave to go to Colorado uh, in about a month to get out of the heat, but it's not happening this year for, for obvious reasons. Uh, so, you spend like a, the summer in, in Colorado? We do. We do. To oh, get no. out of the heat, get a little hiking, get get in the mountains, that type of stuff. Nice.
1: nice. So, do you have kids at home? uh we, i do so uh 8 and 5 so uh little ones and how are they enjoying online school
0: so they miss their friends um and uh so they would love to be back and i think um mommy and daddy are harder teachers <laughs> than <laughs> their school teachers and are a little more critical uh, so i think huh, surprising I know, so they I think would like to have a little bit of relief uh, from the the homeschooling.
1: Yeah, and how about you and your wife? Right, to have some relief from each other. <laughs> yes, though it, it has been fun to to
0: relearn uh, second grade math and yeah uh, <laughs> you know, some some of the, the the basic social study things that you learned that that time that I uh, you know. Have actually forgotten, you know, about rock formations and things like that. So it can be kind of fun.
1: Well, yeah. So I, on my side, it's, it's, we're here in New York, as most people know, they're listening in, but it's, um, yeah, I think maybe my, my uh, estimation in the eyes of my wife has gone up because, you know, she said, you've worked from home for 20 years. I've had my own business. I've always worked from a home office. And it's like, yeah, and she was like, after the first week, was like tearing her hair out. It's like, how do you do this? <laughs>
0: uh, I know. Yeah, people can get it. My, my company is a hundred percent remote, so we are we're used to that part of it. Uh, but but usually don't have the kids at home, and that's been fun. We've you know learned to embrace at least on my end. You know, doing uh, an interview like this or other things where they come and jump on my lap, and we just have to have, have fun with it and, and, and roll with the
1: punches. Oh yeah, I mean that's. That's what I try to tell people is when we're doing these types of things and you're doing a Zoom call or whatever, is yeah, the dog shows up, the cat shows up, somebody walks behind you, it's like, yeah, so what? And it's just like people are like, Oh, we're trying to be professional. It's like, not by definition. <laughs> yes, you could be professional in your demeanor and so on, but you're human. Something happens, life happens.
0: Yeah, and it can be fun. I mean, my 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 team and even now some clients have gotten to meet my my little kids, <laughs> and, yeah. and they they've enjoyed it. And uh, they my my kids uh, sort of wave to them. And you hey, listen, we're all humans, and it's 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 part of it. So you got to embrace it and 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 have you know have fun with it. Because actually, if you look at it through the the right lens, it's actually kind of a fun aspect uh, uh, of getting to see them throughout the day and and things like that.
1: Yeah, well no, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, when I'm in. Uh, my San Diego office and <laughs> my producer, my son Alec, is is if his dogs in, in residence at that time. Uh, yeah, she becomes the the podcast dog. So all good, <laughs> all good. So what? So you mentioned about your company, Sales Roads. So what does Sales Roads do?
0: So we are a SDR outsourcing company, so our clients look to us mainly when they are looking to accelerate their sales through top-of-the-funnel opportunities, and either they've built an SDR team in-house that they're looking to augment, or they've struggled with, with the SDR functionality and building top-of-the-funnel opportunities for their AEs. And so we uh, come in and we, we become really part of their organization as they're outsourced uh, inside sales SDR. Uh, company basically just managing all aspects of the top of the funnel um, opportunity work for for our clients.
1: So it's not you know an uncrowded field. I mean, there's many many more companies sort of getting into that. So what are you doing to differentiate yourself versus what other sort of outsource SDR function companies are doing?
0: Yeah. So there's really you know two two things that that we've we've done. Um, one um, that some other companies do, but we we really uh, work with our companies in a very intimate way, where we really come into their organization, we become part of their organization, we work with their marketing team, we, You know, we're, we're part of their sales meetings, they're part of our sales meetings, and we really work hand-in-hand hand, uh, with our organizations, uh, with our client organizations, and, and and we find that that's really the best way to create some, some amazing opportunities and, and develop learnings, both from, from a marketing standpoint, from a sales a- aspect. And so that's one thing that we do uh, differently uh, than some, some organizations. The other thing, which is a little different now, but but I think we still approach it uh, in a different way, is I started the company uh, thirteen years ago as a hundred percent remote organization. So at Salesroads, we really have focused on recruiting the best sales talent wherever they live, um, and really recruiting SDRs that are later stage in their career, you know, versus the model of of, uh, bringing SDRs out of college. Fine, later
1: stage. I mean, later stage of their actual careers, or.
0: Yeah, so okay. it's two twofold. One, either they've really built their career in prospecting, so they've always been doing prospecting and this is what they love to do and they might be in a different point in their career where they want to be able to work from home or maybe, uh, you know, life has taken them to a certain area where there isn't as much opportunity. They want to be able to work for, you know, we have an amazing SDR who works, is on a farm. <laughs> she works for a farm, but she's amazing talent. And, you know, there weren't as many opportunities for around there. And we got the opportunity to get to work with her because of the the remote uh, environment. And so on average, our SDRs have 14 years of sales experience. So instead of just coming out of school, they've been working either doing prospecting for their career or have been in sales and maybe were AEs, maybe were you know, traveling around and they would Prefer to have you know a more um, stay-at-home lifestyle and not have to do the full sales cycle and just really focus on what they actually love, which is the prospecting part.
1: Well, don't you think this is? <laughs> so I think there's rampant ageism in sales and SDRs in particular, and it's it's really rare to hear about companies that are prepared to hire. What I call career SDRs, mm-hmm. you know, there's this implicit thought, if not ex- explicit, in some places, that yeah, you're you know, you get in your 30s, you're just too old to do this job. You know, this is a tough job. You know, it's like it's like come on, you got these people who know how to have, you know become more proficient at it. Uh, why are we tossing them aside? Mm-hmm. I, I, I recommend companies go find people in their 50s and 60s that can do this.
0: Absolutely. And one of the biggest pain points that a lot of our clients who have built it internally and, and have struggled is that you know revolving door we continue to hear about with SDRs, both on the side that somebody comes out of school and doesn't realize how difficult this work is. And you have to have a certain work type of mindset to, to really enjoy it and thrive on it. Because uh, it is very exciting in many ways, but you have to have that right mindset. But then also the folks that really do thrive in the SDR role, a lot of times want to get promoted to a, being an AE. So on average, I think it's about like 14 months people stay in this role. Right. and so our clients really? really find that's difficult when you're investing in training and, and, and things like that to have such a revolving door. And so one of the things that by recruiting somebody later stage in their career, like we've done, we've been able to keep people for long periods of time um, at SalesRoads, invest in their training, and really it's been you know, a win-win because we don't get that revolving door and we can uh, you know get a, a greater return on the training investment we put into our team.
1: So I guess the question would be is there's a trade-off on the part of the company. The decision they're making about whether to outsource this or bring this function in in-house is, yeah, that perhaps a perception that that yeah, you know, some knowledge, right, some learning, some lessons, and so on, just doesn't get passed through the organization because it or resides outside the company. And so, how do you, how are you dealing with that? And yeah, I've seen it before. The companies that outsource certain functions say, "Oh, no, we're really losing something by not having that integrated into our team. Let's bring it in." Yeah. Yeah, it's a great
0: question. I think it's really something that that's important and I think in in some ways, just to even build on that and then I'll answer the question. You know, the SDR function can be looked at as the most important Function in an entire company, especially for early stage startups, because you know we are the window um, to the prospect, or even you know the sure. potential prospect. As companies, you know, we work with a lot of early stage uh, SaaS startups, and they're trying to figure out that you know they ha- might have an idea of who their target are but you know you got to kind of test it right and you got to go out mm-hmm. and have those conversations and we are uh, you know the the entry point to that and so I you know I'd even argue a lot of times you know executives you know the CEOs should be getting on the phone especially at early stage startups as an SDR because of the amount that you can learn so the the reason that we've been able to make it work goes back to the first point that um, I, I talked about is to really do this well, both to create the right types of opportunities and appointments for for the AEs, but also to not only have the knowledge transfer, but also to be able to um, pivot, you know, pretty quickly and make make uh-huh. adjustments. Is you know you've got to incorporate yourself into the organization as if you are an internal department, um, and you've got to be able to have regular meetings. You know, we're on our, our client Slack. We're not only meeting with you know the person who's who's managing us. Um, we're also meeting with the marketing team, you know, we're filtering back information on a regular basis as far as what data they're looking for in reports and call recordings. And the the back and forth communication is so critical. And if you do it more what I would say kind of like a vendor model where you're just booking appointments and sending them over to the AEs, and that's kind mm-hmm. of just your responsibility. You might book some good appointments for them, they might get some opportunities, but you lose everything that you just talked about, which is so critical for, for an organization to be able to get the learnings, to be able to, to, to pivot um, to potentially a different market, uh, to be able to iterate the language to, you know, for, for what's working. We might stumble upon a, a certain way of framing something or, or saying something to a prospect that marketing should pick up on. Right, internally mm-hmm. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Sure, and Absolutely. so you've really got to put yourself within the organization, which is what we do with with our clients to make sure that that knowledge transfer happens. And then, you know, the reason why a lot of our clients will at least initially do it uh, with with a company like ours is that it is very difficult to build um, and to do right and to make sure that you don't have that revolving door. And so, our clients really love the fact that we can really take over that aspect. Of this for them as they are trying to, to scale their company. Really, they can, they can trust us to build this right, to use the best practices. They don't have to think about that. They can really be working on their product, working with their AEs, working on the marketing. And it's one last thing that they have to worry about. And then at a certain point, if they grow to a certain scale and they you know, want to bring in somebody to really manage this department and, and, and grow it, you know, we we've we've worked with our clients on that type of transition. But really at a, at a smaller scale, you know, it, it's hard to do this well unless you really it in bring. The talent to manage something like this um, internally.
1: All right. So if you're running a sales team and you say, "Okay, look, we're going to outsource this functionality," what are you seeing? What is or sort of that that point in time? You know, is it once the SDR team reaches a certain size, or you know, what's driving the decision to bring it back inside?
0: It varies. I mean, we we've been with clients through forever. You know, and they 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 stay with us just because they they want to. But but there are certain times. You know. Um, So, so there isn't a perfect uh, timing, but I'll say at at the time where they're willing to invest in an executive level person to really manage the SDR team, you know, not necessarily, Mm. you know, that's when it's you you can take it in house. But if you don't have somebody really managing and knowing how to build a high producing um, SDR team, more often than not, either are your, your, your team isn't going to be hitting their quotas they're not going to be doing well or it's going to be taking time away from either the CRO or somebody else within the sales team um, to, to manage this part- time um, which you know isn't the most effective use of their time when they're trying to really scale the company
1: okay all right well what we're gonna transition ourselves here is is because what we really wanted to get into was um, working remote and managing remote teams high performing remote teams. And, I don't know, I'm looking at the landscape of what's going on, and I don't know, this is not a a genius insight or anything, but we're we're certainly going to see remote work, I think, being a more permanent part of the landscape. And you've as you said, you've worked remotely since the beginning, so we wanted to touch on some of that. But are you seeing that as well?
0: Yeah, so we, we are. I mean, we th- I think it was Twitter that just said that they're now gonna be a hundred percent remote company from or you have the option to be a hundred percent remote company. And so I think all companies are going to um be at least considering this, which is something, you know, when I started this, this sales 13 years ago, people thought, you know, there were companies doing remote work, but it was much more of a crazy concept. This has made mm-hmm. it standard and and people realize. That they're, if done right, and we'll talk about some of the things that I think are important to do it right, it can be very powerful, and, and can even be sometimes a better way uh, to, to really, um, you, know, you know, build your business and, and, and find great employees and, and make them more productive. So I do think, Andy, absolutely, this is this is part of our landscape. It's it's sort of a, we've been seeing remote work increasing over the past few years, and this is a tipping point where we're going to see a lot of companies either, like Twitter, say we're going to go completely remote or have to have a strategy where there is remote work incorporated into the culture um, and into the guidelines for for how their employees can work.
1: Yeah, well, I think the first thing you think about in a sales perspective is the value of having a sales floor where, and I you know, think back to the beginning of my career working on a big open sales floor for a handful of years. It was like there are a, a lot of things I picked up in that environment, uh, not just you know lessons learned about sales but you know culture friendships uh, you know things that have, have had benefits later on in my career do you ever find like you're missing that with your company being fully remote
0: so the short answer is no it, it, but you have to do it in the right way um, and you have to be those are still things that are really important to a company you know having Cross learnings, right? Having great relationships with with your fellow employees, but it, if you think about it and you really work on it, um, those things can be recreated in a remote environment. And we've seen people doing that. You know, we've seen a lot of the things that people are doing. But I, but there are lots of ways to recreate some of those things that you just outlined, Andy, in in a remote environment while taking advantage of the power of of. of of remote work, um, and I think sometimes the increased productivity you get from remote
1: work. Sure, But it seems like one of the hard things to replicate, and is the spontaneity, right? Is is the water, quote unquote, water cooler conversations? Uh, you know, sitting in the lunch break. To me, that's where the information is really passed, and and I just you know, look at like my wife's schedule for her work. And the joke is, you know, because it's booked from like everybody these days, <clears throat> booked. They feel like they're working harder mm-hmm. in lockdown than they did beforehand. But I think part of the contributors to that is, or one of the contributors to that, is that the spontaneous meetings have all become scheduled. And it's our hard to you know, have the spontaneous sharing of knowledge if you think, well, let's schedule Zoom to you know chat with somebody. Mm-hmm. So let
0: me let me let me address that in two ways. So one Yes, you're right. The the, the true spontaneity, as you outlined, and bumping into somebody in the hallway, right, you know, or looking over your cube desk and, you know, or hearing something on somebody else's call, you can't completely recreate that in a remote environment. Um, However, you can give opportunities and create a culture where a lot of those types of things can happen. Um, so, for instance, I think a lot of companies have been doing it. We've been doing it for a number of years. We have a Slack channel just called Water Cooler, right? You know, and where you post a question, you you mm. you, you get people to engage with each other, and people have a lot of fun with it. And there's a lot of spontaneity. You know, as far as a communication back and forth, just through that water cooler channel, and it's encouraged, right? You know, it's encouraged to go sit around the quote-unquote virtual water cooler, and you get that. Um, the other thing we encourage is for people just to call their coworkers. You know, just have a conversation, right? You know, just just pick up the phone. It doesn't have to be what? about work. Yes, <laughs>
1: right. What? What are you talking about? We're in a generation that doesn't call and doesn't talk. Uh, well, they text. <laughs> well, they can text too.
0: They can Slack each other, right? But but they but just just get, you know make sure that people are connecting uh, socially within a remote environment and over those conversations, you know, it's great. Now this is also prepared, but there's a great little app called Donut, which on Slack, you know, all of our team uses, and it sets up 15 minute little. Uh, uh, conversations on your calendar once a week with just a random person across the company, and yes, cheers. It's not like bumping into somebody, right? But you get to talk to different people throughout the company, so you can you can create that. Um, and yes, it's not the same thing. But I also would argue that though there is a lot of great spontaneity and conversations and in knowledge sharing, there is also a lot of time wasted too with some of those types of things. You know, where you get into a conversation, you might you know. Be, be really trying to focus on something else you don't want to be rude or you know you you just are pulled into certain meetings because you're there and things like that that don't happen in a remote environment so you know you're never going to have a perfect recreation but I think as long as you understand the importance of some of the things that you're trying to foster and you don't want to mm-hmm. lose in remote work you can find ways to uh, encourage those to happen and embellish the positive aspects while minimizing the the negative aspects
1: and donut is a Slack app, or is it's just a?
0: It's a third party app that that
1: uh, integrates with with Slack. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. so huh, just D O N U T. Our
0: yeah, just like donut, of, like have a donut. You know, have coffee, fifteen minute yeah. coffee with, with coworkers, yeah. basically.
1: I think that's very clever. I like that. Well, I mean, that really feeds one of the primary themes you talk about, which is that communication becomes even more important, obviously, in a, a remote work environment. Um. And that it's, you just can't replicate what you're doing before as so you have to think differently about it.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that's going to be probably the number one challenge for companies, going back to your earlier point, as they're thinking about this tipping point with remote work. I would say it's easier for us as a 100% remote company to build our processes, our culture, um, our way of communicating around remote work. Because we have one way that we communicate, and that's remotely. So we can think about that, and we have our different building blocks of how we do that in, you know, in, in, in a rigorous way. When people, and most of the companies, I think are going to have both remote workers and office workers. And mm-hmm. that will be a harder
1: challenge to solve. Some may feel disadvantaged if exactly. they're not. Where the action is
0: exactly so, I, I would encourage those the the leaders managing that transition to think about that you know and think about you know how you make that transition and, I, and we'll talk a little bit more about how we do it in a hundred percent remote uh, environment. I think there will be some good lessons and learnings over the things that we've done over the last thirteen years. But I do acknowledge it will be slightly different for companies who are trying to manage this um, by doing both, and it will be have its own unique set of challenges.
1: Yeah, well, we see this in the the way we're implementing sales process and tools and technologies is that, by and large, you look at the way people are implementing technologies, they're basically automating what they were doing before.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then wondering, well, why aren't we getting improved results out of this?
0: <laughs> right, exactly. It's a good analogy.
1: Yeah, yeah. so it, it's really a problem. Um, yeah, I was just... Going to go through. I was thinking some of the the practices you have. So you have a daily huddle, and I, you know companies do this. I, I'm a big believer in this. A stand up meeting at the beginning of the day, you know, five minutes, ten minutes, and but you seem to have really sort of streamlined that because you're talking about doing it as little as three minutes. So what what takes place in this daily huddle?
0: Yeah, and I think the daily huddle is really important. Um, It's critical in a remote environment, and I think to to your point, you know, it's it can be used in in a regular environment, and it's important just to make sure you've got constant communication. And so, you know, what we do is we have a you know it's it's one time of the day, you know, in in different you know every 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 team has their own their own huddle uh, with their their team lead, and we start
1: off you know first 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 all how how big is your sales team?
0: uh, So we're about seventy
1: five. Total. Okay. All right. And how are the teams set up? Are they geographic or by account? Or? By account,
0: by different clients.
1: Okay. So it's huddled by client. Huddle by client. Okay.
0: Yes. And so what we do is we have a very quick. Check in one word, and that's one important thing. Also, in a remote environment, you just want to always be able to check in on your team because you can't see them, right? You don't see their body language as they're walking through the hall and things like that. You want to just know where they are, right? Quick one word, you know, check in, and you can kind of hear from either the word choice or the way they say it. The leader just needs to be in tune to how that person's feeling. Do they have energy? Do they not? You know, and keep that in mind. You might want to take something offline because you just got to know how your team is is doing in a, in a virtual environment. Then. You know, they, they shout out their key KPI for the day. Usually it's, you know, number of appointments they're going to hit for that day. Um, and then, if any, and this is another critical thing, and probably the most important part of the daily huddle is anyone stuck on anything? Because both in a regular environment, but especially in a remote environment, you know, if there are blockers, if there are things that, that you know, whether it's a lead list or maybe a certain objection or things like that, if you can get that, have an opportunity to get that out of the way and, and solved on a daily basis. You know, in a team setting, it just allows your team to pedal faster, and so that is anyone stuck on anything um, is so critical in that huddle. And if it's something really quick, you can solve in the huddle. Otherwise, you just take it offline. Otherwise, you obviously can't stick to the three minutes. So,
1: and in those huddles, because they're organized by account, is anybody is the account liaison or whatever that person is? Are they in that as well? The person that works for your customer.
0: So the client isn't in there if that's what you're you're asking so the coach yeah, 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 the coach yeah. who who is coaching that 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 account those SDRs on the account is the one who ha, uh, who leads it each day
1: okay got it all right so you have your daily huddles which again great idea your weekly team meeting so mm-hmm. i presume outside work hours you have a longer term a longer timed meeting mm-hmm. if you will. exactly and so what's the agenda for that
0: yeah, so that will go more deeply into the KPIs. So we always uh, anchor ourselves with metrics. You know how are how are things. You know how are how are we doing to, going towards quota as a team by individuals, looking down at some some of the sub metrics as far as conversations, conversion rates, touches. Um, so we ground ourselves in in the metrics, um, and then we. Uh, Talk about you know our key priorities for for the week. You know it can be grounded in metrics, but it could be part of you know something that we took out of a coaching session. What are the key things that we're working on on personally? Um, and then the the magic in the team meeting is bringing out the bigger issues about a campaign. You know, so what are the things that we need to solve as a team that might be getting in our way? Um, and so that's our time to really strategize. You know, maybe there's a certain you know, buyer persona we're going after that, that we're just either not finding the right messaging or we're not um, you know, targeting in the, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or they might be the wrong, wrong person. Right? So we'll listen to some calls. We'll, we'll, we'll really tackle bigger issues, macro issues in that team meeting so that we make sure that every week we're look, you know, as a team we're looking strategically at the count and figure out things that um, we can do better as a team.
1: How about training? How do you integrate that? And so again, just for people to sort of make sure they're keeping the right focus on this is these are best practices for working remote because, hey, new with you managing your sales team because new reality uh, that's coming that yeah we'll always have some some fraction of what we're doing remote. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So if there is some training maybe on a new product or service that you know that that might take place there or maybe there's a new new technique that we're using company wide or things like that we, we could fit that into that discussion area. But the ongoing training is is in the the weekly coaching sessions usually with with a coach where they're really going deep and listening into you know one-on-one calls and things like that. And that's where most of our our training um you know our one is is in that in one-on-one. Your set. Correct. Right.
1: And when do you hold and this is an important question I'd sort of brought before, but when do you hold your your weekly meetings? Because this is yeah, it's so important that, that to get good participation in the meeting, to get people to be engaged in it, my belief, as my experience has always been, is that A, you have to take it outside selling hours and B, is you have a really tightly defined agenda and you got to follow the agenda and stick to the time frame that you you set out for it.
0: Yeah. So we have a very uh, strict uh, agenda and, and, and time allocated to each slot. So absolutely. So we, we, we stick to that. Um, as far as um, because we have people usually on different coasts and things like that, we do usually do it in the, in the middle of the, the day, which isn't necessarily the best time, but it's just to sort of accommodate for, for different schedules and usually in the middle of the week. So we've got sort of a part of the week where we've got some you know things, things that are fresh and then we can implement them for the rest of the week.
1: You say that one of the things that, that you make a habit of, and this is interesting, is you make sure you record all those weekly meetings.
0: Absolutely. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And so do you have them transcribed? I mean, how do you distribute the, the recording or transcription to the team?
0: Yeah, so uh two ways. One, we, we put into Otter so that anybody can search for something. Um, I don't know if mm-hmm. you use So that's yep. a great tool, you know, and then you can just search and, and look up uh, everything. And then we also have the video portion because, you know, just in case anything was, was shared and, and people want to look at it, uh, they, they can just uh, access the video. And we just have that all on a, a little Dropbox area and the, the Otter is just emailed to them.
1: And so do you find that people actually using the recording or using the transcription
0: I mean, it's there in case they want to go back. I don't. I think that as long as they're attentive during the meetings, it's not as important, right? You know, and they can take some of the and those any of the key lessons or key things can be reinforced in the coaching session. So it's there if they need to go back and look at it. And Maybe there was an objection we talked about, and they just want to kind of go to to that game tape. But it isn't you know necessarily something they're they're re, You know, we don't want them to be really listening to the whole thing. That's
1: not, that's kind of a waste of time, right? Well, I just wonder if they were like. No. A coach says, Well, you know, in the meeting you committed to XYZ and <laughs> then so, Oh no, well, anything they you, commit to. I think, yeah. I, think, I think I think you I think you misunderstood me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well
0: you can go about it. Yeah, but any other commitments, you know, first of all, usually their commitments are based upon what their their KPIs are and their quota. So that's all been hard-coded for the month anyway. Um, and so uh, yeah, we, we can look right at the dashboard and see see where they are and what they need to be able uh, to do for the for the remainder of the month.
1: And so you refer to your team leader service coaches. So what what background do they have? And this is the reason I bring this up is is I'm an increasingly vocal advocate for the fact that I don't think managers should coach. I think you should have coaches on your team to coach um, your sellers because most managers are reluctant to dedicate the time to it, and they're not very good at it, quite frankly. So who do you have as coaches? So they were all
0: SDRs before. So um, and they. Um, so they came up through, through the organization. They've been with us, you know, so we have very low, low attrition. So they've, a lot of the the coaches have been with sales roads uh, for eight, nine, 10 years. So, you know, they, they've come up, uh, you know, through, through the system, they've proved themselves as good SDRs, but also, you know, uh, You know, they showed good introspection, right? So that they could sort of listen to their own calls. You know, here, here we're we're self-critical. You know, know how to coach themselves. You know, that's really an important uh, type of mindset. Um,
1: Absolutely, problem
0: solve. Yeah, absolutely. And we're we're really. You know, and I think a lot of people have talked about this, but we've really found it too is that we want coaches who aren't the type that are just going to come in and necess- You know, we're necessarily the best SDRs, right? The best SDRs can be good coaches, but but not not always the case because sometimes the best SDRs just have a great way of doing. It and they want to tell everybody that <laughs> this is the way to do it, and you know, I think uh, the the best coaching, and you know, we've seen a lot of people write about this and talk about it, and we've we've seen it in action, is really the the coaches who can ask. Just great questions, um, and uh-huh. they, they can hear something, um, and they can just probe about it, and they can get that, per- and even better, they can get the the SCR to, to probe themselves and be introspective and come up with the solution themselves, or be able to highlight the issue themselves. And so it's sort of that guide almost um, uh, in those sessions. And so those folks who have that that mentality, who have that type of ethos, are, really make the best coaches at our organization.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean it's it's and this is I think what's sort of missing in so much of coaching these days is it's so directive mm-hmm. and not problem solving. Let me so you tell me, right? What's the problem here? Yeah, you know, what's the challenge for you in, in solving this problem? What can I do to help you as opposed to, hey, just fix this for me.
0: Yeah. It, one last point too on that, just because I think the other thing that's important, that's really tough, you know, as as coaches, is also helping to try to prioritize because you know you can oftentimes in a call hear a lot of things <laughs> that could be better, right? And you can like uh-huh. have a rep who, who hears all those things and says, "Oh, here's all the things I'm going to change," but but you know. In a weekly cadence, you really want them to evaluate and think about the most important thing that they want to work on, right. and really trying right. to walk out of that meeting with almost you know we call it, you know the, the one thing that, that one thing that they're going to work on for the week.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. The one thing. Um, so, just last point I wanted to bring up because I thought it was a great recommendation too, especially in this day and age with all of the messaging, with tools we have, and and so on, is that uh, you said sometimes a quick ten minute meeting. Can resolve what 10 emails cannot. I think that's great insight. It's, you know, sometimes just as you mentioned before, just pick up the damn phone and call Mm -hmm. somebody and let's take care of it, as opposed to, oh, I've got Slack. Let's do 20 Slack messages.
0: Yeah, and then you can go in a circle and then you bring somebody else in. It's just it's like kind of crazy how, how you can have miscommunication when you know if you just get somebody yeah, on the phone. Yeah. And really, and here's the key thing when you get them on the phone, because it can, you can go off course, is very clearly outline what is the issue that we're going to solve in this 10-minute call and try to stick to it, right? So I'm calling you because yeah. we need to solve this and then you can go at it and you can get it done so much more quickly and come up with a better solution if you do it over the phone.
1: Great. All right. Well, David, unfortunately we run out of time, but uh, tell people how they can connect with you and learn more about SalesRoads. Yeah, so
0: you can visit us at salesroads.com. Um, that's our website, but also I would love people connecting with me on LinkedIn, you know, just David Krieger, uh, K-R-E-I-G-E-R on LinkedIn. Please just, you know, connect with me, shoot me a message. love to, to talk to folks. If you have any questions on remote work or, or SDRs,' love to, to engage with people and, and speak that way too. Great. David, thanks a lot.: Thanks for having me, and it was
1: great speaking to you.: Likewise,: OK, friends, that's it for this episode. First of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. I'm so grateful for your support of our show, and I want to thank David Krieger for sharing his insights with us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast, Sales Enablement with Andy Paul, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you could also leave us a rating or a review and let us know how we're doing, we'd appreciate it. You can do all that on your phone in less than a minute as soon as this podcast is over. So thanks for your help. Thank you so much for investing your time with us this week. Until next time, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone.